millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At zenny.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys, for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Hello, my name is Dave Hanready and there will be no Encore. Welcome to episode 10 of the No Encore podcast. They said it wouldn't happen, but we fit double figures. So <laughs> take that, haters. Yeah, haters. Yeah, that's Craig Fitzpatrick. He's joining us, as what, always. What's up, Panaconda? That's a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, Colin Morrigan. Colin Morrigan is back from his travels. Hello. And we are joined by a very, very special guest today, Kieran McGinnis from Delorentos. <laughs> I had to clap there because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, just... I thought it was just slightly odd. That's what we clapping do. Our co- oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I just, I just went with it. We've never had a co-host. Obviously. I mean, it was a little awkward. Awkward. This, this <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't so, clap, you don't have another one. This, this is good man. Good man. Yeah, sorry, maybe they can the edit that back into the start. <laughs> um, yes, of Delorento's fame, we're all big Delorento's fans here. I must confess, um, I, I interviewed Delorento's before for a feature for Hot Press magazine, and I was told repeatedly by, by Stuart Clark who we, who we also love very very much that I wasn't going to interview the band that I was just there to interview Rob Kerwin your producer on oh, yeah. Sparks and I went over to the Temple Bar studio Rob was out to lunch and I think Ronan was like so do you want to interview us in here? I didn't have a single question prepared <laughs> and it's one of my favourite interviews that I've ever ever done because I just winged it and it was a lot of fun and that's because of you guys not because of me being unprofessional <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's good. Um, I think at this stage, I'd hope that uh, after sort of four albums, we knew how to talk to people. I <laughs> Hopefully, um, well, uh, I, you know. I remember like the resulting feature um, in Hot Press Magazine, uh, a very kind of 
I don't know, kind of trigger happy sub editor, made a bit of a correction at one point at the very, very start of the article, and they took out a paragraph that I had in there, but they didn't amend it. So it meant that in the article, you were introduced not as Kieran McGuinness, but just simply as McGuinness. McGuinness. Yeah. Which sounds like a. It's how he likes to be known. A detective. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely a detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I've actually, um, it's funny, I don't know how you do it, how, how I, I think music journalism is one of the hardest things because I had a go at, um, for a while, I was asked by a, a magazine to, to write reviews and I found it very, very hard to give any, uh, two reasons why it didn't work for me, one was um, I gave everything three stars <laughs> <laughs> because I saw that what they were trying to do a lot of the time and I found it hard to, you know, as, as, a, sort of, as a musician, as a songwriter, I found it hard to kind of separate myself from that because everything was coming from the point where oh well they were trying to do this and yeah and then nothing was you know Jimi Hendrix or nothing was you know the suburbs by Arcade Fire or whatever so everything nothing was five stars you know mm-hmm. so uh, I found it a bit weird and the second thing was I wrote a, a, a review of a, a Snow Patrol album which was super positive but it was like these guys are great their intention is great maybe this they, this didn't nail it but it, it's, it's a really good and they're they're really good you know I think that the their intentions are always good to make really good kind of you know it's not dross you know what I mean right. it's good and anyway the next thing was I was written, one of the papers was, was said that McGuinness but, uh, <laughs> but uh, that I slammed them in a review and I just said I'm not that's oh, well, not what, yeah. so I just said not doing it anymore I had a really awkward conversation with the members of the band then about a year later I was about to say that must be the worst thing in your position because it's bad enough for us mm. uh, as music journalists you know it's happened to me that I have reviewed some of this album haven't exactly slammed it but not necessarily loved it and the following week been asked to interview them and I'm like I don't think they're going to want to talk to me bit oh, sure. like, uh, I think it's I think it's really hard I mean as well Dublin is so small mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and being in the Dublin music scene or whatever like there's such I don't know you kind of feel like there's, you know, there's definitely a bias towards Irish bands from Irish labels and Irish uh, reviewers and you know magazines and all the rest. There, there definitely is, and and that's because of how small it is and how people know that guy and know that guy and whatever. So, yeah. So I, I think it's really hard to review stuff. So I'll be giving everything today. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> well, look, Three this stars. is the place. You got grievances. You want to air some grievances with even some of your best friends, even some of your own bandmates. This is the podcast to do it on, man. It's all good. Yeah, we don't bite. <laughs> well, let me tell you. And yeah. <laughs> another thing. Um, but yeah, before we get going, we have to welcome Colin back because yeah, you, you've had quite the week in a bit, haven't you? Yeah, it's been busy. Jesus, adopted son of Norway. Yeah, Norway was wonderful. Actually, we even got weather, which is incredibly unlikely in that part of the world. Amazing. You're and you're kind of over for their like national holiday. Was it Constitution Day? Is yeah, that their Constitution kind of Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The seventeenth of May. Um, everyone was out in their local costumes and all the rest of it. Uh, I just suited up and looked decidedly underdressed <laughs> by comparison. Um, I jumped into the parade uh, to follow my beloved second tier soccer team. Yes. Um, yeah, apparently not a done thing in Belfast, as my friend pointed out. But uh, Did I do a good fist of pronouncing their name last week? Usna, you did indeed, yeah, yeah. I was very impressed. And while there, I actually got onto the club and uh, they brought me up to the ground and presented me with a hat and scarf. Insane. You're essentially their mascot now. Yeah, yeah close enough. Yeah. Celebrity fan. Yeah. Norwegian second tier football. <laughs> it's did, as big as it gets, right? Jesus. It's the real football. How yeah. did you choose that team? Uh, they're the local team where my missus is from. And, uh, yeah, they, they kind of got to the second tier by surprise. And then I tried to get a hat the first time I was over there. And they were so surprised at being in the second tier uh, that they hadn't made merchandise yet. That's and that amazing. just really endeared me to them, to be honest. And, uh, yeah. 
you bring capitalism to uh, to their world, but yeah. uh, we, we've all, we've kind of decried ourselves recently for not going to as many gigs as we used to. You you made up for that though, uh, touching back down in the country and straight away. Yeah, pretty much single handedly uh, reviving <laughs> the gig scene in Dublin. Um, last Shadow Puppets was last Wednesday. It was good. Don't know if anyone enjoyed it as much as the Last Shadow Puppets themselves. Really? Yeah. They. Uh, it, it's like watching Carl Brad and Pete Doherty from the good old days. Like I've never seen. Two people. What are you happier, <laughs> Never seen two people happier to be in each other's company and to be on stage together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they got very drunk as well. And when we kind of, you know, we reviewed the album, we said they're kind of very much buying into that rock and roll cliche thing of just getting very, very messed up and having a kind of a good time. But it's it's veers on like parody, and then sometimes it seems like it's a bit laddish. Yeah, although, some good songs on the album. And to be fair, it was actually quite a disciplined performance, even though they were clearly feeling the effects of a few drinks. Like it, it, it didn't get shambolic a bit like that bad habits performance on TV. No, long ago. Seth Meyers' bad habits. YouTube that if you want to see the worst performance in about ten years. Yeah, but thankfully was anything like that in person so uh, yeah it was a pretty good gig I, uh, I I then went to see Darren Brown on Friday night that's how you follow it up yeah that, that was odd it was very enjoyable I must say um, I'm not sure if the listeners are fully aware and I know I know Darren Brown isn't magic per se he's more of an illusionist or whatever the fuck it is mentalist but I, mean, like, I think mentalist, is quite yeah. fantastic term they use but I'm not sure if people are aware of your, cork. your childlike joy when it comes to all, all things magic. Magic. I absolutely fucking love magic, yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing makes my night more than, like, standing outside a pub and a magician coming along. Like, I just... It's the best thing ever. Uh, I, I completely lose it as well. My reactions are in no way cool. I just, like, I start running around, <laughs> jumping up and down, shouting, burn the witch. Uh, yeah, get a bit carried yeah. away. And, so you're uh, at Dynamo. Dynamo or Darren, who's... Uh, you know what? Their- I mean, Dynamo's obviously a magician, so he kind of gets the vote there, but okay. he is the world's most awkward man, whereas Darren Brown is really cool and uh, managed to work that into a set quite a lot. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, he manages to work in how cool he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, somewhat, as, as in he can chat to somebody and not have the fear of God that he doesn't have a line ready. Oh, whereas, I thought you were like, you know, he, he like had a cravat on at different points, you know, he was smoking well, a cigar. Well, no, yeah, it, it must be said. He looked, They're cool, by the he way. Looked right? sharp. He, shows what I, he looked sharp. <laughs> cool. He looked sharp as hell. I have to give him credit for that. And uh, equally sharp then was last night and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, this is a, a, a like you could not fucking go onto social media without seeing people cut on a bit breeze. Everyone's very upset that Enda Kenny is a human being and had a nice time. By the way, yeah, yeah, weird. which I didn't get. I mean, let him have a night off. Yeah, <laughs> one night of I'm the not year. A massive fan of him, but no, nope. you know. yeah, right. more as well. If the camera was pointed at me and my dancing at times during the set, it would have been just as bad. <laughs> so. it seemed like a lot of dad dancing going on from some of the footage that was doing the rounds. Yeah, uh, Kieran, I believe bit, all of your. It all, is a little bit embarrassing, though. Um, <laughs> it is a little bit embarrassing. Also, to be fair, it's. Bruce and I mean if you're going to lose it at some point it's probably going to be you know towards that last hit laden blast of a Springsteen gig <laughs> 4 hours in <laughs> yeah. you guys supported him in we supported him yeah it was uh, it was kind of amazing um row from the band is a huge fan and so it was kind of uh, he was it was an amazing thing to get you know and he doesn't have a lot of um support so bef- ever really mm-hmm. I think um and so it was funny we went and we set up and everything else and the crew came along and the crew all came out to meet us and they were like hey guys you know we don't normally have supports you know hope you enjoy our stage and stuff super kind of welcoming and the stage is amazing it's like uh, it's it's almost as if they have to build a little kind of building you know behind the stage because there's so much areas for 
clothes and guitars and all the staff and all the you know all the people that work with them and you kind of walk through corridors to get to the to get to the front of the stage and then you get on and it's huge and it's carpeted and it, there's a there's a, TVs built into the thing with set lists in it and all the rest you know and then they all have their own monitors and they all have everything and it's just it's just it's just amazing to see the kind of level that they're touring at and they're working at and and it, it's incredible the t- technology that they use as well so yeah it was mad and it was a really good gig and afterwards the best compliment we got was uh this i think actually he might have been norwegian he's definitely scandinavian this man came up and he said uh we are we're the bruce springsteen fan club you know mm-hmm. and um we just want to tell you that we all thought you did very well these are the guys like- who are in the pit like from uh, one o'clock, Jesus, yeah, whatever, yeah. like know, the amazing. ultras of Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> yeah. But as well, people who brought, uh, you know, these placards to gigs for maybe like a run of ten gigs or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you know, Bruce uh, would go down and he'd take one and he'd 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 play the song. And so there was a bit at that gig where he played two songs and one he'd never played before and one he hadn't played in ten years or whatever. And um, that's amazing. He's he's uh, he's. He's very good at the the live experience. You know, oh, kind yeah, of, yeah. I mean, that's that's a cheesy word, but you know what I mean. Like, no, it's very true. And the one thing that I've always said about Springsteen as well is that, you know, there have been other great gigs that I've been to. Uh, Leonard Cohen and Kilmainham always stands out as being mind blowing, amazing. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't necessarily tell somebody to go to Leonard Cohen the next time he's in Ireland and that it's going to live up to that gig. Just because, you know, and that goes for most artists, really. It's hit or miss. With Springsteen, I have no problem in saying that you go see him, he's going to be just as good as he was on Sunday in Croke Park, on Friday in Croke Park, in Nolan Park or Thomond or wherever else he was playing three years ago. Basically, any time you see Springsteen, you get that show. He brings it every single time. But uh, can you, I mean, in no way to, to, to take anything away from, from his obvious kind of skill at that. But it, it does seem to be... It's it's amazing the level that it seems to take over. You know, those two nights that he did Friday and Sunday, it was the only thing. Almost every radio station were playing. You know, uh, as hours dedicated to him. You know, yeah. all the TV were having sessions. Every paper hold the front page for him. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. Like every bit of social media was about him in the gym, or there was radios. You know, whole sections based on what he did that day or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when did it? When did it become that level? It's it's kind of amazing. And is there anyone else that that would, I would feel do like, that to? Well, that's the thing. I feel like this year in particular, because we've lost so many kind of icons, I think people are kind of very much clinging to Bruce. And Bruce Springsteen has a very beloved fan base. I remember like reading an interview in Rolling Stone years ago, and he said he was just driving out of some... My, I, don't, I don't think it was a show. I think he was just driving out of some fucking car park somewhere in America. And someone like walked by and was like, "We need you, boss." Like, like, like the people genuinely yeah. gravitate to him because you know, like I'm, I'm not a big fan. Like, I have nothing against him, but to me, it is three and a half hours of oh, it's a song about a boy from a small town that can't hold him done good, is it? Okay, cool. I mean, like, like I think that's a little unfair. It is, yeah. but like, at the same time, like, like I've never understood the pure reverie for him that I would yeah. have for other artists, and that's totally fine. I'm allowed. He not definitely has it. a style, and he definitely does a thing well, and whatever else, but. A lot of people were talking about Thunder Road. He did a Thunder Road um, acoustically mm-hmm. uh, last night, and he lost his voice. And a lot of people were saying that was the one of the moments of the gigs. Uh, I wasn't at, at the gig, the, the, sh- the show last night, but they were saying that was one of the moments of the gig, and it was because he just came out and he just gave it socks with that, you know, just the lyrics and the guitar or whatever. And that you know, that's that is kind of powerful. It is a certain amount of a show if you have 
three hours of everyone going mad and every instrument playing at the same time and you come out and you do some acoustic, it's going to stand out, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it is, of course, as well, one of your biggest songs, you know, it's yeah. going to be a moment. But, yeah, I just I, it's, I just thought it was... I think that he's really good. I think that he's really good at what he does. And uh, I... I while, while I've, I don't think I've ever bought a Bruce Springsteen album, you know, I totally get it, you know. I, 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 I totally understand it. And if, I, you know... One of the hits comes on the radio. You know, I'm totally into it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, just that it's just it's just amazing that the level that it has been over the last kind of this this trip. And I noticed it as well, probably for the first time around the time when he played those five shows around Ireland. Um, and mm-hmm. Kenny, I think, was two of them. Um, in Nolan Park. But it's amazing. I was just thinking, is there anyone else that could do that? You know, like if you think of the big, the biggest acts in Garrett the world, Brooks. that is <laughs> <laughs> pretty much well, yeah, as close as again. But I don't think. I think, but. A lot of if if Garth Brooks had done five nights, there would have been as many people um, kind of making fun of it. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I, don't I, I, don't, I don't mean that, and he need, he deserves to be made. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think there would a lot of people kind of taking the piss out of it. Whereas with Bruce, it just seems like fairly universal acclaim. You know, kind yeah. of. I, I think at least it's like it's it, amazing that he's been able to do that. It's at <laughs> nearly seventy, isn't he? Like he's he's well, sixty-six yeah. years old now. He's going to be sixty-seven this year, and Jeez. yeah, for three and a half hours, like I was getting tired. <laughs> he seemed to be fine. I guess one of the things about his appeal, though, is that he is kind of all things to all men, isn't he? Because you know, like he has that radio appeal of just the absolute like rock classics. He has the sort of you know the quieter, more pensive stuff. He obviously loves kind of delving into the back catalogue and pulling out like some 1977 B-side. Yeah, he's a total showman as well. He's thrilled the diehard fans as well as, you know, the the, the, the kind of, I I guess, part-timers, if you will. Um, Yeah, he he covers a lot of bases in that regard, so. But I think that as as a musician, as you kind of develop and as you have played for a long time, you kind of end up going two, one or two ways. You go more into your, I, I guess, I'm, it's reductive to say this on two ways, but you might go more into yourself and say, I am the artist, I am going to do things my way and this is how mm-hmm. I decide what I play and, you know, I decide how you feel about it sort of thing. Like, for example, like Radiohead. I, I can imagine Radiohead playing in, a, you know, on an oil bunker, in, in an oil in an oil bunker, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a bunker or on, a, on an oil rig, you know, like doing yeah. like a mad gig in a place which is sort of exclusive and, and, and inaccessible and maybe doing a set of kind of, you know, weird, they're weirder. So, you know, I can imagine that. Whereas, like, kind of Bruce gives everything, you know, out mm-hmm. and he does, and he even does to the point where he looks after the small amount of people who really want to hear that song. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's like, in in a sort of a world now where it's a funny music is in a kind of a funny kind of place, you know, to do with value. What's the value of it? You know, everyone wants it to be free or whatever. He gives amazing value for his shows. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you're yeah. going to go, he's going to play for a long time, and you're going to probably stand there with people who absolutely love it all the way through. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and th- yeah, that's the other thing as well. Like I say. The first two hours yesterday, I mean, I have no doubt. But the first two hours yesterday, I have no doubt that a lot of people in the crowd were, you know, not entirely sold. There were some songs they probably didn't even recognize. Yeah. There were I handful. mean, the thing is, it is that kind of event gig where you get a lot of people that maybe aren't necessarily the biggest fans yeah. of this stuff just going because everyone's going. But like I say, the last hour, and basically actually from the moment that Bono came on stage for... Um, because the night yeah. was the turning point of the gig where from then on, like if you didn't know 80% of the words, you probably just didn't know music. <laughs> That's kind of how it was. It was Born to Run, Born in the USA, Dancing in the Dark, Badlands. Uh, they did a cover of Shout, 
uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, The Rising. It was, and it, it was just like a juggernaut. Some of them we wouldn't even stop in between songs. <laughs> and you're just like, this is, this is obscene, basically, you know. Does anybody Did you react like you were watching a magic show? <laughs> Not wasn't quite that good. No, there, there, there was a moment where he went straight from Born in the USA into Born to Run, didn't stop in between, and I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like. Wow. That's a big statement, man. Yeah, I, you know what? You just get caught up in the atmosphere as well, though, and that that's the other thing about it. I saw on the Mail on Sunday, uh, after Friday's gig, Danny McElhinney described their cover of Shout as being unnecessary. Now, what exactly you call a necessary song in a set list, I'm not sure. <laughs> but but when you think about it, it's like, yeah, it is unnecessary. It is an outlier. They don't need to play that song there. And more to the point, the crowd doesn't need, after three hours, to be acting like lunatics and dancing and screaming every word. Yet we were. And but Isn't there a reason for that, though? Doesn't he always try and play uh, a song from his original one of the first types of songs he played. Oh right, okay. I think like I think he always includes, days. yeah, and he, he always includes in every gig a couple of the or one of those songs from his original. Right. I read that. I re- only read that recently. Um, sure. As I say, there was a lot to read about Bruce. The last <laughs> there was of days. an awful lot to read about yeah. Bruce, and uh, I'm sure yeah, an awful lot to read about these gigs as well because um, yeah, the Bono thing, if nothing else, obviously made last night's one. Particularly special, I yeah. suppose. And Polarizing. That, yeah, videos of that will be floating around for a long time to come. Yeah, well, okay, I wasn't at Bruce Springsteen, but I was at a wrestling show, and that's what we're <laughs> going to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, magic and wrestling, that's who we are. We're grown men, uh, the wrong side of 30, at least I, I am, and uh, living life, loving it. Uh, over the top wrestling in the Tivoli <laughs> Theatre, I have to say. Uh, I, I've never, I haven't been to a wrestling show in 11 years. Uh, the last time I ever, the only time I ever been to him before was a SmackDown house show in the RDS, where I got to see uh, the late great Eddie Guerrero several months after he passed oh, away. Well. Sadly, tragically at the age of thirty-eight, I believe, which is fucking no age to go. Uh, still a horrible thing. Um, but yeah, like this was unreal. My friends were desperate to go. It's very near to where I live, so I was like, "Why not? Thirteen quid, let's do it." And I haven't had as much fun at a live event in such a long time. It was amazing. So you saw him several months after he passed away. Oh no, before he passed away. <laughs> like, that would have been quite traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. what an event that was. Very memorable. <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> Two thousand and five. Particularly dark casket match. Yeah, <laughs> come on, it's like it's too soon. You know, it's, it's, it's not. Some decorum. Eleven years. Um, but yeah. Uh, this over the top wrestling show, I have to say, like it's a very, very kind of small, intimate thing, put, very well put together. Uh, good production values, great music. Uh, somebody used the prodigy's "The Day Is My Enemy" for their intro, which I thought was pretty good. The only good song on that wretched last album. No, terrible. Uh, a faction, by the way, called the Kings of the North, and their gimmick is that they're from Northern Ireland, so therefore they're villains. And uh, <laughs> when they came out to defend the tag team championships in the main event, or, or the, not the main event, but like that that match, they had uh, four flag bearers. And they each had like a Union Jack, like an Irish flag. They went and they stood in the fucking corners. People going mental, like just yeah. like booing like crazy. Yeah, it was so much fun. It's uh, it's great crack. And I have to say, like, like, like uh, I, I never knew that I needed in my life when like, the MC announced at the, at the start of a match, he goes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this contest is set for one fall. And then the whole crowd goes, one fall. I'm like, yeah, it's, that's like, if that sounds like kind of fun to you, uh, you, know where, you know where I'll be next time they play. They don't even sponsor the show and I'm plugging them. because You it sound was, like the promoter. Because it be was that good. <laughs> it, was, man, it, it was it was great crack, but it was, uh, yeah, not that, that, that was my Bruce Springsteen. You can't actually <laughs> see it, um, but Dave, Dave is wearing a kind of a peak hat that says, 
the wrestling on it and has a t-shirt as well so yeah. it's got like the wrestling professional, <laughs> professional wrestling the only industry in the world where it's okay to wear your own face on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't uh, Sam Endicott from The Bravery The Bravery yeah remember The Bravery and An Honest Mistake yeah great song oh, um, hang on, and The Little actually, Spot yeah. with The Killers as well which was the worst musical spot in history but yeah he one of his quotes was he was asked what people would be wearing next year and he said, um, T-shirts with my face on them. <laughs> and then and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, if you're sitting at home wondering, who are the bravery? Exactly. Kind of proves yeah. the point. That's the thing. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, there was actually stuff happening in the world of music. There was, yeah. And um, on with the show. When, <laughs> when Kieran mentions kind of ideas of the, the, the value of music, uh, certainly they've managed to put a price on Adele. £90 million. That is apparently what her new Sony deal is worth. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of cash. It ba- basically, it's only comparable to Robbie Williams uh, back, <laughs> what, 13 years ago, 14 years ago mm-hmm. now. Uh, he signed one worth 80 million. Yeah. And didn't, Frank, go, didn't really work out, did it? It didn't go brilliantly. No, he kind of had to wrestle the albums out there. Um, now, whether Adele will have to do the same thing or what the what, what the well, conditions are there. Supposedly, this is, for, this, this is only a three-album deal, which is not 100% confirmed, but it looks that way. Industry Insiders, which is a nice way of saying we made this quote up ourselves mm. in the office. Um, yeah, so to be fair, she appears to have a lot of creative control here, as you might imagine, someone of her, of her like recording selling stature she's arguably the biggest artist in the world right now so well she's a bit of an oddity in terms of she's really selling records like back in the heyday of actual physical music doing proper numbers uh i think she made 35 million from the last record alone so it kind of sounds like as close as you can get to a sure thing is probably adele in this day and age isn't it well it's interesting though because i think that um uh, without going into the, the the mechanics of it it does seem like the record label or whatever has been looking to make a create someone like an Amy Winehouse for a while you know um, someone with that like Adele's got enormous talent she's very very likeable she's very personable she's she's just really good at being a kind of a pop star that sells records mm-hmm. if you know what I mean uh, um and I guess they, I think they tried with Duffy and I think Duffy worked very yeah, well and, yeah. and there's been five or six uh, without you know putting people in boxes but people in that kind of guise that have come along and then Adele yeah. came and she she hit it she she does, she she knocked it out of the park and mm-hmm. then so there and she's as well she's as much as you can be she's you can trust her to she's there's going to be another album in two or three years it'll probably be quite you know I don't want to say but safe different. but it will be probably along the same line she's not yeah Presumably, um, she hasn't shown any signs, I should say, of going on any mad, you know, mm. trip hop, you know, psychedelic directions yeah. that won't sell any records yet. Yeah. So, and nobody likes that. Nobody wants to see that, um, you know, in, especially in the in the record labels. Experimentation, though, from her would be nice. And I guess with her signing this deal, it kind of puts paid to that. I mean, like, I thought that last album was just so beige. Um, like, there's no question about her talent. There's no question about her ability. But, like, the songwriting just isn't there. And, like, even on that last record in particular, I mean, yeah, Hello is a bit of a belt there, but it's also very, you know, reductive. But like there was no there was no rumor has it like, like on that last record there was like nothing even approaching that one so I was just kind of like this will do the job it's like kind of like a, a, a novelist putting out the same type of novel every year but the weird thing is as well like on this more recent album the songs that I've heard some of them sound like other people who are kind of appears and you know for example the new there's a new song that she has say hello to your to your new lover I think send my love to you yeah yeah and lover, it yeah. sounds like Lord you know which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. she's not she's kind of taking 
bits from across that works elsewhere and bring it into her. I know like people like Madonna have done that amazingly well over time, but has she has Adele already got to the point where she's you know what her producers and her songwriters or, or whatever where you want whoever constructs the album with her, you know they're already starting to to, to kind of you know raven like take uh, things. Is it raven that takes things? I don't know. Anyway, magpie, magpie, magpie yes. <laughs> Raven sounds cooler though. I need to go over Way to the bird watching. Uh, she's got <laughs> she's got a song on that album called uh, "When We Were Young," and it's just Barbara Streisand at a piano. On a oh, that's that, that's the kind of the one that just starts booming after a while. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's just that's like, a lot of Adele songs I know, but yeah. but it's just real. Like it's just like this is I've heard this a million times. Like, and yeah, the other thing that I don't like about the last Adele record, and it's something that I've mentioned with a few albums that we've talked about recently, Beyonce's being an example, is that you know in rugby there's a term that someone wants to kick the leather off the ball. And I don't know what the musical equivalent is. Do you want to kind of like sing the pop guard off the microphone or something? <laughs> but that's how Adele's albums sound to me. It sounds like they've sat down and kind of said, well, how can we write this song so that I get to roar the fucking chorus or like just build up to that massive middle eight Yeah, that just every song seems to have that same dynamic going through it. And I mean, before the record came out, you had those quotes from Damon Albarn saying he worked with her. They were doing some interesting stuff, he thought. Um, but then the songs she kind of brought to him, he just said, I think, middle of the road was his, his quote. Yeah. Um, they kind of had a bit of a falling out after that. So she just seemed quite happy going that route. Obviously, Damon Albarn wasn't impressed. And I think it really bore out in the album. It was a bit of a bore. <laughs> I, th- I think it's it's difficult because I think Adele is sort of a... Um, She's sort of a product of her own success, a certain amount, because I think it would be difficult for her to go into an. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you know creative she is herself. I don't. I don't obviously know. I haven't seen anything from that side of her. So, if she went in and brought something unusual that she you know completely delivered herself. I can imagine a label's kind of saying, "Okay, well that's you know we'll put that uh, we'll put that in this box, <laughs> and then we'll just steer you now. We're just going to steer you yeah. over to the uh, you know the pop hits and." Yeah. It's diff- I think it's it's kind of tricky because she can sort of anything less than selling a, you know a billion albums or whatever for her will seem like a, a mistake you know. But with, with, with a deal like this, it just seems like more of a more of a straitjacket for her, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. True in a way. Like, and it should be pointed out, yeah, that when you mentioned kind of you know going a little bit off track and doing something that the labels might not necessarily want, if I remember correctly, that Robbie Williams deal worth eighty million. Uh, <laughs> resulted in the laboured delivery of swing when you're winning Brilliant. To, yeah, yeah. to close it out. So uh, they'll certainly be hoping for. Something they didn't get root not, box no. <laughs> no. I don't think so. But they'll be this hoping. This is real comeback. They'll be know? hoping that it's not quite uh, yeah comparable to that it, one. It's a bit upset. Like you know, it was quite nice that she was on XL, wasn't it? That like this independent label had maybe the biggest artist in the world. So it's kind of a bit sad from that perspective. And again, she's, she's also just inevitably gone. She's also gone it. from I'll never do gigantic stadium shows to I'm doing them now. And yeah. fair enough, you know. Cool, like no problem. Well, I think that was kind of unsustainable of her to say that. I mean, a a person at her kind of success level to say, "I'm only ever going to do arenas." Mm. Uh, You know, it's just like everyone, everyone that you know works with her is going to be saying, "You really should be doing stadium tours." You know, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, given time, it'll be interesting to see. Or it probably won't be very interesting. (laughs) Speaking of stadium tours, next person that I'm going to be back in Croke Park for is Beyonce. (laughs) <laughs> You're so excited Very excited about that, yeah I saw Beyonce in Tree Arena a couple of years ago And it was absolutely spectacular 
So I'm particularly looking forward to going back again. But there's somebody now. I think Beyonce. I think her most recent album is far, far more interesting mm. than her earlier stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like if there was a, um, if she was in sports, her level of development would have. Um, everyone would be kind of looking at her um, blood samples <laughs> to see <laughs> what has caused this kind of increased, you know. Uh, um, output because I think it's it's far more interesting it, she's obviously got working with great producers who are just you know it's it's I don't know it's 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 great that somebody is doing something that isn't so it's it's not boring yeah, now, yeah. I don't know you know you could argue there probably probably isn't as many radio hits on it and maybe people will have issues with that but you know I mean talking about record label side of things but actually creatively it's it's far more interesting you know it it's is. it's going the kind of way that Without using the, the you know the Lord's name, but the way Kanye, Kanye. has kind of gone. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Dave blesses himself. Everyone says someone. Every time someone says Kanye, I've got, I've got a poster of Kanye taped up over my mirror. <laughs> He's taped up yeah. in the poster or the poster in the mirror. It's like a, it's, it's it's like a weird. No, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm all. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm stop all, talking. Now. I'm, yeah. I'm still at the wrestling show. <laughs> uh, either way, it's anyway, really good. By the way, your, your passion for Beyonce and mine. Uh, shared by Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, who's said, <laughs> she, yeah, that she's seen Lemonade. She does like it. She thinks it's great. And uh, picked Beyonce over Leonardo DiCaprio uh, in terms of who she'd want on the Democratic ticket. I don't know if that's just to consolidate the Possibly. black and female vote. Possibly, considering women seem to hate her. Yeah. <laughs> quite, you know, quite a lot. Um, yeah, she was on Ellen talking about it. Um and she seemed like primed and ready for it. I mean, she said, you know, I really believe in making lemonade out of lemons. Like she clearly was coached into, okay, now we're going to talk about Beyonce and you're going to seem cool and people will forget that you're possibly a war criminal. This um, is the American, <laughs> the American version of uh, dancing at, uh, at Bruce Springsteen. Springs. Yeah. <laughs> it is the comparable air guitar you know, yeah. dad um, dancing. But it's this interesting thing when politicians, especially at that level in America, come out saying, yeah, I've, uh, you know, I've listened to the new Beyonce record. To a certain extent, you kind of would rather they weren't listening to pop records. <laughs> Surely they've other things to be doing. Like, at least with Obama, okay, you maybe he seemed like he was genuinely a music fan and yeah. when he says you know Kendrick's album was my favourite album of last year you can imagine him actually listening to it but Hillary Clinton isn't sitting down and listening to Beyonce she's just not Well, uh, you know, big statements here yeah. well I think it was an interesting thing about the Democratic Party and that they said that they're, they've tried they're trying to do this new thing of this outreach because people are not um, connecting with you know political the political kind of uh, you know stories and spectrums and all the rest the way that they used to so the way to do the way to reach people is actually you know go to them and do things that they want to do so um and things that they watch so obama went on loads of tv shows that were you know across the spectrum from i guess from late night talk shows to kind of comedy shows to internet only kind of things and he did all that as long as he could put put across whatever message he was pushing at the yeah, time yeah. so point. this is a further thing that um you know hillary's doing because what it's doing is it's putting her into the places that don't normally talk about her like the gossip columns or the rate music press or onto you know things like that and that's it's a, it's a it's a strategy you know yeah. it's an it's an idea she's watched ten, you know 10 minute clips or five you know 10 sorry 10 second clips of Lots of popular culture, you know, as part of her press briefing. You know, it's 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 not real, but it's also yeah. it's designed. You know, so this is not surprising. Well, that's actually the perfect way to put it because I mean, the quote here actually is: "I've seen parts of it and I do like it. It's great." Clinton said, taking a question from Taylor Swift during an audience Q and A. Yeah. Like why? Why does Taylor Swift have to be involved with everything? Like <laughs> because it's Taylor Swift. I don't know. 
Jesus. I don't make the calls. Not that I would call it any differently if I did. Give it a rest. Yeah. Not you, her. Um, Sorry. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> At this point, if Taylor Swift was going for president against Hillary, she'd win. Well, obviously, yeah. yeah of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, that thing you were just talking about, Karen, I mean, it even goes back to the first example of that was probably her husband, Bill Clinton, playing saxophone on the Arsenio Hall. So like that mm-hmm. could potentially won him the election. Yeah, like, then yeah. followed by dancing the Macarena at some stage well, in the later 90s. a little 90s. carried away. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but this is the thing. It's like, you know, politicians are so obsessed with looking relatable. You know, it's this thing of being relatable. Everyone in the media world, everyone who's involved in that wants to look like we're just the same as, as yeah. you normal yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, speaking of pop divas, by the way, and we're going to be talking about Ariana Grande's latest effort later on in the show. But uh, just a beautiful sentence to be able to say out loud that uh, Ariana Grande filled in for a hologram of Whitney Houston uh, on The Voice last night. Uh, it wasn't last night, but uh, yeah. This hologram US. thing, this hologram thing needs to go away. Yeah. It, it really does. It needs to it? go away. It's well, creepy hasn't as really fuck. Taken off. I mean, when Tupac, when they had Tupac at Coachella, that, we're t- probably talking about four years ago now, and it just seemed like okay, we're going to get a spate of these touring the globe. It hasn't really happened. I think they've just um, been a little bit too expensive to make, as far probably. as I understand. They're not actually holograms, as well. Apparently, no, they like, they don't exist as images. They're just like reflected mirror trickery kind of things. Well, yes, but what else is a hologram? Craig? <laughs> well, I suppose yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not okay, going to be. A tangible physical body, thing. Like. but it's not literally like if you walk up to it it's not you can't see it there. yeah it's only from a certain angle to be honest it's it. actually funny i hadn't even thought about it until right now uh the worst use of a hologram that i've ever seen just because it's inexplicable on so many levels was on cnn's coverage of the u.s election in 2008 and they were like you know and history has been made barack obama is going to be crowned uh, the president of the United States, crowned and, or, or, king you know, of Westeros, confer- confirmed as president of the United States. Uh, here to talk to us about that live from Grand Park is a hologram of Will I Am. Oh my god! At which point you just sorry, sorry. Can we stop everything for a moment? Stop yeah. the world. And I want to get Why off. this is happening? I like that guy who does the golf thing, where he comes out with the screen and like goes onto the course. This is, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ken something. Oh, I swear this is real. I'm not having a moment here. It's actually a legitimate thing. You know, sports coverage. But you see, sports coverage can kind of get away with that sort of stuff. When you're talking about serious things like politics, magic, the need of the black or a bit frivolous hologram of him has to say about things. Yeah. Yeah, but apparently. Didn't Gorillas do it? Gorillas did it a couple of years ago, and it was really. I thought that was really good when they did it because yeah. they had the band playing you know as part of it I thought that was really yeah, cool that I was about work, to say yeah. to be fair I guess that's allowed though because gorillas don't really have any yeah. choice in the matter like that's what they You're have to do bringing back a dead person yeah, yeah. they could have just as easily put a camera in front of Will I Am or just not talk to Will I Am um, and I think the Whitney Houston fe- thing fell through because her family thought it was um, it fell short of perfection. Short of so, perfection. Uh, I think good taste prevailed and they decided no, we don't want a hologram of our you know deceased family member just <laughs> singing with. It's important. It's important to have standards. <laughs> yeah, I, I find this is very true. Um, one thing that caught my eye this week was Eminem selling bricks from his childhood. How many? Home. How many? How many in for? Hmm? How many are you buying? How many bricks yeah. from M&M's home? I'm actually going to take a pass on this one. To They're be all gone, to be apparently. They've uh, sold out. Um, hmm. And they were going for something like nearly $400 or something. Quite. He's also selling uh, t-shirts that say Mom Spaghetti on it. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. I'd want one of those. Yeah. Eight, eight Mile Lyric. The, uh, the bricks come in a very nice glass case, though. It's very arty. Is it? No. 
No. No, it's a brick. I don't think so at all. It is a brick. Yeah. And I mean, it is definitely one of the weirdest pieces of musician merchandise I've ever seen. I can see why you, if you were a hardcore fan, a stan, if you will, you know, you'd... You'd, you'd it's want a part one. of his childhood yeah, house yeah, that was on the cover of head in with. What are you trying to say about Eminem? <laughs> the Stan was mental. Oh, right, that okay. was the point of the song. Fictional character, nonetheless. <laughs> um, can you tell me who played Stan in that video? No. His name was Devin Sawa, and he was in the Final Destination franchise for two films, and everyone thought he'd be the new big thing. Really? And I think Stan was the height of his career. Yeah. Oh, okay. Same did with not Dido. Dido. Didn't one of us interview Dido? I interviewed Dido. Yeah. Um, I Still legitimately I, the most famous and successful person. This is the thing. In terms of records sold, she was actually the most, you know, successful musician I've ever talked to. And uh, she was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Still making records, as far as I'm aware. She is, yeah, and her Dido records. But yeah. she's very, very nice. <laughs> they, go, they go from A to, B, to point B. Yeah. Well, yeah. inspired by Eminem, who I filed at number 10, here's the top 10 weirdest musician merchandise that's been released. Oh, oh class. So, there was no top ten last week, but I just because when you go away, we can't we, we can't do it. Okay, well so. I'm back to to rescue it now. Let's take it away. Yeah, so at number ten is Eminem trying to sell bricks and indeed succeeding in selling bricks <laughs> from his childhood home. At number nine, I really liked this was the White Stripes sold a sewing kit, which doesn't sound that crazy until you think it's just the White Stripes. So there was only three colors in it. Of course, yeah. There was no choice on no. brand. Uh, Jack White clearly has something uh, for, you know, kind of ironic or bad merchandising. Number eight, uh, the raconteurs have brought out soap, which is ironic <laughs> if you take one look at the raconteurs. Soap? Yeah. Okay, that's... At number sense. seven, of course, was uh, JLS's recent move into the <laughs> condom industry. All right, man. I feel like we talk about this every week, and it is JLS the best thing ever. I only ever. I only ever bought one box of them, okay? Like, it was a college thing. I was experimenting. That's what college is for, right? Mm. Yeah. So. <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Maybe you would have wanted to experiment that been with the tagline. somebody who owned a, a Mastodon bikini. Absolutely. Which quite fantastically on the back of the pants just says Astodon. Oh. That's Again, on that's brand. Yeah. On brand, indeed. Uh, the Dead Milkmen brought out a, a Methodist colouring book. <laughs> what? An American rock band who basically brought out a colouring book of them in full religious garb doing some particularly non-religious things. That's pretty good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Flaming Lips brought out a Christmas tree or- ornament of a trembling fetus. Oh, fuck off, yeah, Wayne Coyne. so wacky. Yeah. If you want wacky, uh, Ramstein. Oh, I, yeah, I know what this is. Brought out a box set <laughs> that contained no less than 12 dildos. Why, why Who needs 12 dildos? And they're all fashioned on each member of the band's particular instrument. How- but there's only six in the band. Do they all have two dicks? Possibly. <laughs> Little known fact about Rammstein. Right? Yeah. Uh, at number two, considering how much Gene Simmons talks about how rock is dead, music is dead, and blah, 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 it's only fitting that Kiss brought out their own range of coffins. Yeah, man, the Kiss casket. It's grim. It is <laughs> it's pretty very grim. grim. Uh, although not as grim as number one, where uh, the tagline, everything else is just a comrag. Was used to sell the official Tenacious D comrag. Oh, fuck. It disturbingly also looks more like a baby's blanket than anything else. This episode God. of this podcast, uh, we've gone <laughs> to some, some dark places. <laughs> we've gone to some very dark places, it's true. So we might as well go somewhere a little better and uh, check out some of the songs that we enjoyed hearing this week, like this.
Okay, that was Wild Beasts with Get My Bang, uh, a band that kind of do a pretty good job of reinventing themselves as far as they go. Uh, Craig, I know you're a huge fan. I'm a massive fan, yeah. Um, and this is kind of very much following the line they've been going down with Present Tense, their last record. A lot more kind of electronic instruments being brought in over the years and this is just total electro really isn't it it's fun man i really like it it is really good yeah. i really enjoy it as well i must say i'm not absolutely convinced that you know i'm fully behind the direction change yeah the song is really good i think i'll miss though some of the stuff that they used to be doing mm. but uh yeah it mightn't be a perfect fit for them and you will miss some elements i mean there's not a huge amount rhythmically going on with it it's slight enough but yeah. like i like i i maybe because it was a nice day but like i found myself just <laughs> on repeat for like two hours i was like this is just a fucking fun summer yeah, little it's almost pop got anthem. like a kind of industrial tinge to it as well i mean they're just very inventive they're yeah. clearly doing whatever they want to do um i'm sure the album would be great but yeah the cover art for the album by the way is is incredible. Uh, I haven't seen it. What it, is it? It looks like it's, an, just, it's, it's like an, it's very it's very the galaxy actually. The galaxy might want to look the into. Of, yeah, yeah, it's very like the galaxy's uh, first. Uh, they're kind of like their debut album. Okay, so they might let laser disc nice too, or even like stuff that kind of trans world stuff before that. So the galaxy might want to look into <laughs> calling up the old the solicitors. Yeah, no, easy <laughs> And the album's Boy King, I think it's out in August, so yeah, very much yeah. looking forward to that. It's quite sexy, I thought. It's very sexy. Yeah, they're, quite a, sexy. they're kind of a sexy band. They are. For like a Manchester they indie are. outfit. Yeah. 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 The yeah. only thing I thought about it was, um, uh, three stars, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought that it was a little bit, I wasn't sure whether it was so, it was. It felt kind of tongue-in-cheek, and so then, it. It. I think sometimes when something's quite tongue-in-cheek, it can be a little bit less you don't connect with it as, connect with it as much because you kind of the think they're kind, there, of, yeah. they're kind of joking a bit of course, or whatever they're kind of hiding behind it so to speak yeah I don't know is, is that a funny uh, you know what I mean I know that's quite a particular yeah no <laughs> but okay. I, I kind of felt that a little bit it was just a little bit like jokey or something yeah. at the time but I, I did mm. like it I had good groove and you know it was good yeah I, I, that, that tone did surprise me and I'd be surprised if we do get a whole album of that I, I don't think we will I think it's just like Maybe they just wanted to have a bit of fun with the lead single. I, yeah. I I don't want a whole album of that, and I don't necessarily think it will be. But no, I, I, I think it is. I think it is very difficult to kind of get that tone just right, and uh, to have it still also be kind of, you know, emotional and connective while also being a bit of a bit of crack. You know, it's it's tricky. Yeah, someone who certainly po- pushed the uh, emotional bo- boat out is a uh, bat for lashes. Natasha Khan. She's back with Sunday Love, and it sounds like this. for Lashes and Tasha Khan uh, again you want to talk about Reinvention uh, another artist who kind of continues to not tell a conventional line and uh, yeah uh, I'm, I'm a fan and I dig this one I mean like it's not anything I wasn't expecting even though I'm probably immediately contradicting myself there but like she has a certain style she does yeah um, it's that haunted thing it's quite pulsating it's nice um, it's coming from an album The Bride apparently which is a concept album 
a yeah. woman who goes on her honeymoon alone after her husband or husband to be dies on if the way I, to the wedding. I, or if I remember so correctly, she made a film of it or a short film yeah. of it. So it's a whole concept. I'm not sure exactly how this song fits into the overall thing, but in the video for this, she's a bride and she's been chased, um, or the, her, I don't know, the male character has a gash over his eye like he looks like he'd been in a car accident okay. and he's kind of being followed around by three kind of sort of ghosts and she's a bit ghosty so th- there's obviously a thread there just when you start talking about yeah, it it yeah. obviously ties yeah. in and as you can tell as well it, it sounds properly bad for lashes yeah also the phrase concept album always troubles me um, it's, it, it does set off alarm bells doesn't yeah. it yeah Delorento's concept album has never really been a thing that you've kind of flirted with right I don't think I think it's I, themes I for sure but like an actual yeah but it's very hard for us because we've got four songwriters so yeah. I could be writing a concert album about you know industrialization in the you know in the the fjords of, of, uh, <laughs> of Scandinavia please and, do and <laughs> one of the other lads could just be writing are. about you know a breakup so it wouldn't it doesn't mess so what ends up actually happening is you end up sitting up uh, sitting together and you decide on the best kind of batch of songs and then you kind of decide on the ones that fit together the best, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, kind of true line that, yeah. Yeah, like, so on the last album, it worked quite well because I was writing a lot about, um, kind of, I wrote a lot about Dublin, uh, but n- not actually about specifically Dublin. Like one song is about Dublin, uh, about the heroin problem in Dublin, but um, most of it was about kind of, because I was leaving the city. I was, I was you know, I, 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 I was about to have a kid and um, I, um, I was moving out of kind of that, you know, the, the young, young adult life and that, it was also tied into kind of moving out of town, whereas the lads were also in a, in a different phase so of moving kind of into town and, you know, starting that life a little bit, you know, so it kind of, it kind of meshed quite well in that way. Yeah, yeah. But the concept album, yeah, it wasn't really, but it, it did have, you know, kind of through, uh, through themes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's the thing, isn't it, that, like, in that case the theme emerges after the fact. The problem with a concept album is when you sit down yeah. and say, we're going to write an album about blah, and then after Which four songs you realise you've got yeah. nothing left, but <laughs> well, you've already committed to the idea. Yeah, well, even very good concept records, like the most famous ones out there, they tend to kind of just discard the concept after a few songs. Like, it's a very loose kind Illinois of... Illinois has to be one of the most successful and most thorough yeah. concept albums. Yeah, Sufjan can get away with it. Because right, yeah. I just can't think of... Uh, whenever anyone says... Like, you know, obviously... Sergeant Pepper wasn't a concept album. It started out as one, but didn't end up being that way. Only it only had three songs that actually tied yeah, together, and yeah. it still had you know Eastern mysticism and whatever you know uh, Paul McCartney's kind of little little stories all the way. You know, it wasn't a concept. So th- th- I don't know. Th- like, th- then again, though, Sufjan's Illinois that was meant to be the first one of, of <laughs> he was fifty do one for every albums, stage. No, which is going to be for every state. <laughs> and I think you know he just like again he just thought. I know that idea is terrible. And I don't <laughs> think he, he said. I don't think that was it's ever probably a throwaway. Thing, I think. It, I think yeah. it was one of those kind of. You look at how was prolific he was at the time. He'd never know. Yeah, he's turning out tunes at the rate of knots. Uh, Concept so. albums seemed to kind of suit him, though. Obviously, his last record like dealt Carry heavily with the loss yeah. of his mother, and I mean that's an incredibly heavy listen, but it's a fucking great album. It's yeah, a really good album, but it, I think it is. I think it's definitely sometimes good to have a theme, you know, to um, because it can focus your writing. I think, but. 
it's very difficult for a band of four people. Even even if I wanted to write an electro album and the next one I could bring write a load of songs that I thought were electro songs, bring them in and by playing them 20 times you realise that this just suits a different, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. It's leopard changing his spots a little bit in that way. But but Industrialization of Scandinavian Fjords is the next Alarantos album. Yeah. We can confirm that now on the podcast. Quite the scoop we've got. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, myself and the missus are going to be on as advisors. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're there in the artwork just you like with your listening. But your getting back to this, the Bat for Lashes song, I thought it was brilliant. And one of the things that I really liked about it because unfortunately I'm one of those people um, I'm in the middle of writing an album at the moment I'm in the middle of uh, you know kind of uh, without sounding pretentious near the end of it trying to form it sort of you know like musically like all the songs are there and now it's time of, of tightening up the lyrics and tighten up the sound uh, and the sounds and, and what you want to do with it so I was really interested in all these songs listening to the way they were made and the production like we're going to talk about Ariana Grande in a minute and I just yeah. you know I after after a listen, a couple of listens, I wasn't listening to the song. I was listening to the production. Yeah, yeah. And this song has really, like the Bat for Lashes stuff, she's really interesting anyway, but the production was really good because they had, they made the, it was quite, a, not industrial, but uh, it was, it's quite, you know, pounding the, the backbeat. Mm-hmm. But above it, it's, it's very floaty and, and it's quite, um, you know, it's quite pretty, a lot of the, the, the sounds and the noises and the way that they kind of separate it. And it's really hard to do that. And they do it really well. So, yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant song. I thought. So brilliant. So that means three stars from you. That's three stars. Three yeah, stars. Right. Sweet. OK, how do we feel about Hilary Rudd's new one? It's called Breathing. It sounds like this. Woods, of course, known for being the bass player in JJ72, bought that album uh, along with my first mobile phone back in the day. Wow, quite I the day. Enjoyed the album. Uh, I think I, I got a copy of The Sims as well, the, the terrible, terrible game. Um, yeah, the album was the best of those purchases, and I still go back to October Swimmer, which I think is a fucking amazing song. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is again kind of like, you know, breathy and haunted and kind of different and very atmospheric. Lots of Twin Peaks comparisons. So we're going to go right to Craig with Patrick. <laughs> Sure, yeah, no, I really like this. I mean, it has that understated thing that she's been doing so well kind of quietly for the last couple of years. Um, so this is no surprise. I mean, she's had really quality releases of late. And yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's like ice-cold water flowing through your brain or something. It's really cool. Yeah. I must confess <laughs> that her solo stuff had kind of passed me by, and I'm regretting that now because, yeah, I really like this tune. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting. I think that, like you say, yeah, it does have that sort of vibe, as it were, that it is... Something a little bit different, and uh, yeah, she pulls it off extremely well. I think it's probably something that suits her extremely well. Yeah, and, and uh, again, yeah, production-wise, very interesting. Yeah, production like, there's not well. a lot going on, but it's quite powerful. And maybe it runs because of like, like, like it's about five minutes or so, but yeah. it never feels 
kind of like Russian Refuge's uh, last single that we reviewed in the last podcast, like it feels more like an album track than a single track, but yet you're compelled all the way through it. So. Yeah, it's a kind of confident record, yeah. Uh, my, uh, I, I, my daughter sat on my lap while I was watching the video for this and she really liked that there was giraffes in the video. <laughs> and she also asked Three me, stars. was that lady uh, in the shower? <laughs> she, she is in, you know, a state of undress yes. in, yeah. in water for a lot of it, which suits the theme of the song. Mm-hmm. So three stars? Solid three stars. Yeah. Solid three stars. Uh, Promo to you and your daughter. Uh, yeah. The name of her new EP, I, I believe, Five is, is uh, uh, Heartbox, Heartbox is the name of the yes. EP, which is just about to come out, so that we'll, we'll be looking at that in depth when it does. Mm-hmm. But uh, an EP that we have looked at in depth this week is I one that I think has no real reason to exist. <laughs> Sounds like this. That was Oblivious by The Strokes, which was the first of these three new songs, four if you count the fairly pointless meandering remix Curtio, Curtio, courtesy of Fabrizio Moretti. That's why I went into They've weird... such good names, though, don't they? They've got great... Oh, really their names, names are unbelievable. Yeah. Let, let's be honest. Uh, your cat is called Julian Casablancas. He is, yeah. yeah. Has he, what's he think of the EP? <laughs> is he not called <laughs> Julian Casablancas? Oh, God oh, damn it. It's too late now. That's really disappointing. Yeah. Might have been, a bit, might have been a, a bit much. I do enjoy know. a nice punny cat name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, um, the one, it's the one thing I'll always give credit. Katie Perry has named her cat Kitty Perry. It's pretty good. Yeah. But what I'm isn't pretty good? That. What isn't pretty good is the Strokes EP. If you ask me, it's just bizarre. Really, it's I don't pointless. Know what to make of there's it? There's nothing. There's nothing here. Like I, I think I enjoyed about 35 seconds of this in total. I like some of Drag Queen, the first track, maybe like the first 30 seconds. I'm like, this is all right. Yeah. I like the slowed down guitar in Oblivious, which is just aerodynamic by Daft Punk slowed down. For the majority, well, yeah, the solo is. Yeah. I just don't understand why this is even a thing and why anyone's excited about it. The Strokes are a band that should have burnt out on their third album and like I say that with respect they they, they did so much and they, they had a certain style it should have been a situation of you know uh, die young leave a good looking corpse and just fucking you know move on do something different and also Gene Casamancus has been more interesting on his solo material than when he pops up on Daft Punk songs yeah and this has a kind of vibe of his work with Voids but it's just not as strong so it doesn't seem like his heart is totally into it now I will say for a lot of their last couple of releases there's been a lot of talk around the bands not quite getting on I think Julian Casablancas is almost at the forced him to get in the studio and you could kind of hear there was just no joy in the songs at least with this they sound like they're having a bit of a laugh yeah maybe there is that and as well I read an interesting take it might have been on Consequence of Sound where they said that the EP itself in order actually sounds like Future Present Past where Drag Queen is the only song that has any sort of oomph in terms of where they might actually go yeah that Oblivious is just basically the strokes doing what they're doing right now and that Tre- Threat of Joy Threat which of joy. is just it sounds like you know one of their B-sides from the first record exactly. but not it's quite as good you know yeah. so I mean if this is an example of the band using an EP as a lot of bands do as sort of a palate cleanser or something like that before they actually move on to an album proper or yeah. something that's the one way that I could see this as being a, a worthwhile release like you say because otherwise you do have to ask why they're really 
putting it out there, it doesn't seem well, to add the, to... Well, the idea there of, you know, future, uh, future Present Past, the, the EP title, kind of like, for me, listening to Oblivious for the first time when it came out, like it was on their Vivo channel, so it immediately ran straight into Reptilia. And I was just like, "Oh yeah, that's a great song." The golf yeah. and class, yeah, like yeah. the golf and class. And was... I, I was very, I was so excited. Like I was, like, oh maybe they'll just come back. But I was just like, no, this is a bit of a mess. I, I, I think I read something. Um, I, I don't, I can't remember the names of their last two albums. I think Angles was the, yeah, yeah Co- uh, Come Down Machine was their last, and then Angles, Angles was the one previous. I think yeah. I heard, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I'm just, I just thought it was interesting, and I think it makes a certain amount of sense that the. Um, Casablancas was not in the studio for any of the recording yeah. and yeah. he he recorded his stuff separately and said you know yeah. and it's literally phoned in but, oh, but that's, a, that's a, <laughs> but that is a difficult thing to do as a you know it's hard to be a band like I mean the alchemy of what happens when you come together and you make something special like it's so hard to, to get that right you mm. know like the phrase I, I think I've got this right but the phrase genius you know like the phrase genius isn't actually supposed to be um, put on a person a person can't be a genius um, the, you create a genius which is where you create an atmosphere of creativity or right. whatever so, something, something magic something else yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's I mean I always I, I, I remember reading that somewhere I thought it was really interesting because people call people geniuses but mm. it's not that and that's a huge thing with this band is that uh, just to be clear I absolutely love the first two Strokes albums I really do and one of them what, the, the second album uh, we, when we went we went to the States on a J1 or whatever you know and this, the whole album soundtracks it and there's a line we go out and get 40s and we went out and got 40s you know yeah, yeah. but you know do you know what I mean like it just it's really I love it you know but it's, it, there's a there's a magic sort of missing from this kind of stuff you know and yeah. I, it's not bad at all it, like it isn't but the thing about it is that you, there are versions of this which are better? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it makes yeah. you want to listen back to, to other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, there's a new um, Red Chili Pepper song out, and it, like, I think it's called The Getaway or something. Yeah, it's the yeah, title the track off the new album. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, it's not bad. It actually, you know, I, I read some terrible reviews of it, but actually, to be honest, it's not too bad. It's 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 fine. And the previous song, Dark Necessities, I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty good. Um, again, people people don't like it, but it. Um, I went back and listened to. Some really good, you know. It's like it's like it, it brought me back to listen to yeah. other bands that I, other songs, other eras that are really good. And, and with the Red Hot Chili Peppers as well, there was a genius in the room sometime around sort of Californication and By the Way, maybe, or even you know, skip skip uh, the previous album uh, back and go back to Red Hot Chili. Or, um, what's the one? Blood, Blood Sugar. Sugar Sex Man, you know, yeah. there was a kind of a uh, a genius in the room, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just really hard to get that back. You know. Yeah, it yeah. is, and I mean, I think the other thing as well is that we're talking about bands who've had significant amount of time out. Um, bands who yeah. might have changed personnel or might have had you know fights and sort of periods of. Uh, turmoil in that regard and so I think you know whatever about the difficulty of getting to that sort of place again where you can create something awesome it's especially difficult when it's a situation where as you imagine it is with the strokes here they kind of said right lads put this in your diary we've got the studio booked for X day and they kind of come together you know almost out of obligation rather than the fact that they had any yeah. particular ideas and that the, the bass player said uh, a couple of years ago he said um He's, he made some comment I don't have it you know um, maybe Alan will play it afterwards <laughs> but he said something like um, you know well I need to pay my mortgage you know yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 that's, it's something like that and uh, yeah. I, you know I just think that's it's it's hard to hear something like that because I'm sure these are all creative talented people but once you lose that kind of 
um, that kind of I don't want to keep going back to it but that genius that little thing that made whatever you did work you know and yeah. be greater than the sum of its parts and just create kind of magic um, when that's gone the way you get that back it's very hard to get it that back it is very hard yeah. but you have to really work it it does know? happen though on occasion I mean I, I grew up listening to Pearl Jam like I absolutely adored them and I listened to them too much like I kind of can't really anymore but like I remember at one point being like I was like they're never going to make another great album it's just not going to happen but they brought out Backspacer in I think 2009 I thought that was fantastic I actually was like it sounded like they, they caught it again They like they caught whatever yeah. they had they brought it back in like a song even like The Fixer you're like yeah actually this is this is the band that I grew up loving they sound like they care again. It, it, it totally can happen, you know. Marilyn Manson, it's, actually, sorry, uh, Marilyn Manson uh, brought out a record last year called "The Pale Emperor." And great record, yeah, fantastic. I, I, I personally, for me, it's the most overlooked record in some time. I mean, like I, I loved Marilyn Manson when I was younger. I think he actually is a very underrated uh, talent he, once you get past the whole shock and the excess. But like, he had a fallow period there of about ten years, where like he bring out albums that would have one or two okay tracks in there. Like there genuinely were some good ones. Like No Reflection was very good on Born Villain. The title track there was great as well, but didn't really make it coalesce. And then he brought out "The Pale Emperor." Kind of quietly and I think it's his best record and again it just sounded like he one gave a shit again and two yeah. whether it was who he was working with or whatever was going on in his life at the time he just he he got it again but that's it it's so it's so frag, fragile to get that to work you know um, like the strokes at their peak are, were absolutely you know they were fantastic and it's kind of you know they defined a sort of an era I guess that early kind of you know 2000s thing and you know, there's countless bands, and what happens? It feels like what happens is they go for a bit, and then whatever they had kind of leaves them, or they move on themselves in their lives. And people do that; people change, time gets caught up, or whatever, and your tastes change, and maybe your, your relationships change, and it just it means that that trust that you need, and that work rate that you need, and that togetherness that you need, or whatever it is, isn't there. Mm. And so when that's gone, it's very hard to you know you really have to work at it, and you know you, you know you can count on maybe maybe two hands bands like big bands I'm not talking about you know smaller bands I'm talking about bands which have had success for that to go and come back you know I mean the Pixies recently you know mm-hmm. does anyone think that the new Pixies stuff is is better than the old Pixies stuff and I'm no, not just no. you know ha- having a go with them but you know what I mean like and yeah. Like, for example, Radiohead, who I think, Radiohead would probably be my favourite band, but my favourite band doesn't make music that I, I love really anymore, you know? Yeah. And there was something uh, from the bands up to, to, Kid, a, to Kid A, I think, which was incredible, you know? And, you know, then they released three or four albums I wasn't into, but then uh, uh, it felt like In, in Rainbows was the real return to form. Yeah. And I didn't feel that with The King of Limbs. And... This new album, I was—I wouldn't say—I just didn't have a lot of hope with it. Now I'm—I'm I'm giving it a go, and, and and there is some really good songs in it. But there's mm. also that thing of—they're not you know songs that just you know I—I I don't love, you know. And it, it's—it's yeah. it's difficult. I just—I I don't know. I mean, can you think of anyone else that like has has done that thing of coming back and, and nailing it? Because I mean, I don't think the Strokes have made any. They're not bad songs. Yeah, of course but not. The thing no. is, they they're they're you know screwed because they had. We've heard so much better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah. maybe not maybe not a great example because that they're hardly a veteran band. But uh, I kind of thought Vampire Weekend were not going to really go anywhere. I liked that first record. The second one did nothing for me, and I was like, oh, that was fun while it lasted. But that third record, Modern Vampires of the City. I know this isn't completely in line with what you were saying, but like. It's a pleasure to hear a band discover August songwriting, whether whether or not it's a comeback or whether it's like an actual progression. Mm. But again, it is yeah. These these benchmarks that these bands create for themselves, 
well, can you ever really get that peak again? Like, I, it's, I was going to say, I mean, you talk about defining an error and that's almost like a real problem for the Strokes because they just, it's almost like, what is their identity now almost? They're reaching around for different sounds and things and it's just like, wh- who are the Strokes in 2016? Like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't even make sense that they're around anymore because people just think of them as that snapshot of, you know, 2001 or whatever. Yeah, Arcade um, Fire have done, have done four very strong albums, you know. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there, there are bands, but you know they haven't done the, they haven't kind of. I, I'd say they're together a lot. I'd say they're very close as a band, and I'd say that creatively they're still quite, you know, dynamic, and they work very mm-hmm. hard. At it. So I don't think they've gone past that. You know, there are a lot of bands that that keep it together. You know, that's mm-hmm. the other big thing as well is that you know basically the Strokes ceased to exist for a couple of years. Yeah, and not even in sort of in, ter- in relevance terms, in just sheer pragmatics, they didn't play together. They didn't do anything together. When you look at, you know, the handful that you mentioned, like Pearl Jam, Marilyn Manson, I mean, maybe not at their relevance peak, but they were still together. They were still gigging. They were still making music. And, you know, that's probably the only way that you're going to have any chance of rediscovering that moment and rediscovering that genius, like you say. Just keep playing uh, till you get through the Precisely, yeah. that maybe something yeah. will, will, will come together, as it were. But it, it's it's mad in music because a lot of bands, and I, you know... They they stayed together longer than they probably should. The, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 that piece of genius has maybe uh, has kind of moved on, and so because of record companies, because of maybe their work rate, because of whatever else, they stay together and continue making albums and can continue to make albums to diminishing returns um, for a while. Like uh, you know, there's a really weird thing. I was looking up uh, Metacritic. I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's no, it's not anything, but it, it is something to you know. I, I sometimes look because I try to look at the names of the albums, but the Strokes albums are in reverse order of their, you know, their kind of, um, their Metacritic score or whatever. So their first album is their most, uh, the one that, that, you know, got the best reviews. Their second album got the second best reviews. The third, you know, and then their most recent. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I mean. I always enjoyed Zane Lowe's line about Kings of Leon, where he said that they were just a band in reverse, you know, that usually it goes that you make some radio-friendly albums and then you grow crazy beards and make interesting music. <laughs> Whereas they came out making interesting music with crazy beards and slowly got more and more presentable yeah. and radio-friendly. Um, anyway, that's the strokes and clearly we're not clearly overly... We're, clearly we're, 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 we're hammering nails into their coffin. Yeah. We're, we're rooting for them, though. We three, want, out of, three, know, out three out of five. Yeah. Three out of five. <laughs> And uh, we'll see what he has in store for our main album this week. The lead single from which sounds like this. Don't need permission, make my decision to test my limits. Cause it's my business, God has my witness, stop what I finished. Don't need no holder, taking control of this kind of moment. I'm locked and loaded, completely focused, my mind is open, all that you got, skin to skin, oh my God, don't you stop, boy, something about That is Ariana Grande. Her latest album is called Dangerous Woman. It's just gone to number one in the Irish charts, so clearly some people out there like it. 
How did we feel, Craig, kick I, us off? I really, really liked it. Um, I knew nothing of Ariana Grande, really. I, I, must, I was... must admit, it was a little bit of a blind spot for me as well. Yeah. I wasn't completely clueless, but considering, basically considering that she was the sort that'll jump to number one in Ireland, I didn't know as much as I probably yeah, I should have. Yeah, wasn't terribly off a, you know, Nickelodeon star, child star, kind of making her way in the pop world, um, has had some kind of monster hits before, but... This was just like banger after banger. Yeah. Um, uh, she's got a great voice. Um, I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel whatsoever, but just the melodies are bulletproof. Yeah, no, I thought it was really, really strong myself. And uh, I remember before I had a chance to listen to it, I'd seen you comment, this album, you know, like, is full of bangers already. <laughs> and I threw it on and I was just like, yeah, okay, it is. It is. I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's fantastic. Um, I will say this, though. Um, George Morahan, in his review, which is on Headstuff Music at the moment, uh, I think it's a fantastic review. Uh, he makes the case that for all of her skill, for all of her ability, for all of her production nows and the people that she's working with, um, and even, like, for example, like he highlights that song, Into You, which is one of the songs of the year, I think. Sound of the Summer, all that kind of crap, but it's fantastic. Um he was kind of saying that, you know, in the competitive industry that she is in, particularly for a female pop artist, to get that song ahead of other contemporaries is a big deal for her. Okay. Um, because yeah. obviously, you know, that's how it is. Like people like Max Martin and whoever else, like, you know, that there are bidding wars and there are people, there are songs that are turned down. Um, I believe Britney Spears turned down Umbrella for Rihanna. She did, yeah. Um, yeah. Someone else turned down Toxic, I think, for Britney Spears to get it. You see, a lot of those things people say they turn down, but what happens in those situations is you get... You get a, a portfolio. You'll get a, you get you know twenty two songs, mm-hmm. and you're not actually specifically turning down ones. You'll choose out of the the, the, the twenty two songs because everyone will get a chance to pitch, and you'll just go through them yourself and you'll choose the the kind of your, your kind of top you know the ones that you want, and then other people will have opinions about which ones you should do. So when people say they turn down songs, often it's it's kind of the reverse. You're just getting a big you know like a cluster, liter- like yeah. in some cases literally you know a, a folder full of songs you know and you know you, you click through the, the, the CD and you go. Mm-hmm. Through them, the versions, the sea of versions, for example, you know, yeah, that you yeah. kind of get and you decide which ones you like. So it's funny because the same person that turned in, um, you know, Umbrella, they might have, it might have been in a portfolio for, yeah. you know, it could have been in a portfolio for eight months or something going through people and maybe it just didn't stand out to people. But the amount of people that, that can turn down those songs, it's it's crazy. You just, yeah. all you need to be is you need to be the first person that gets that sort of the port, the, the record label portfolio, whatever. Do you know what kind of way? Yeah, so, yeah, it's interesting. Um, um, she certainly yeah. got a lot of them on this one. Like, well, that's the thing. No, so, I mean, like, but, but, like, but like the, the point that George's review kind of makes overall, which is a very positive review, he gives it a 7.5 out of 10. He basically makes the case that, like, despite all of this, um, her identity is somewhat questionable in as much as does she have much of an identity? Is I, she, yeah. if you heard these songs on the radio tomorrow, would you know it's her? Would you have any kind this of... This is the thing that I was going to say, and I have a very short thing. Like, I was listening to this. Um, before, the only thing I knew about Ariana Grande uh, I think I'm pronouncing it wrong. Ariana yeah. Grande. Uh, the only thing I knew about her beforehand was that she was on a TV show and she does amazing impressions of other singers. She mm-hmm. does. Yeah, she does. Yeah. You see that? And I was yeah, thinking, yeah. I was thinking that's amazing. You know, she could like rattle them off. But it was funny that the people she was doing, she was doing sort of Miley Cyrus, um, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. and they all they all kind of seemed like the. Uh, without being again going to this thing the kind of per- the one before her who was the anointed kind of young yes, female yes, kind of yeah, pop yeah. you know and she's also done this thing where she's 
gone from being Disney and wholesome into being kind of you know edgy and urban and sexy or whatever yeah, yeah. so the videos you know they're all a little bit porny mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> as well in one of the songs Wiz Khalifa is like she ain't no she ain't no you know, whatever, I can, something really stupid about, you know, she's all grown up now or something like yes, that. Yes, Which yes. is like, let's hammer this message across. Well, and I mean, like, look at the album title. Dangerous Woman. Yeah. And, the, uh, and the iconography, she's wearing, like, kind of a, a fucking fetish gear She's outfit. wearing, yeah, le- like, it's yeah. just like, ugh. Um, but, like, the thing about it is, as well, is that um, when I was listening to it, uh, I was listening to it through the album on a playlist on YouTube, and it flicked to a Pink song. Um, I don't know what Pink song it was. Something about having fun presumably and I didn't know that it had that tends to be her milieu she loves fun but but it went to a pink song and I I was like okay well that one's that was kind of that's that's kind of upbeat okay but I hadn't I didn't notice that it wasn't her it's all a bit anonymous but isn't that isn't that mad you know it it is bad and that was the one thing that struck me immediately was that I'm still not sure I would pick Ariana Grande out on the radio Mm. Uh, there is this kind of sense that this is the coming out party, this is the growing up. Took the words out of my mouth. It is, yeah, but, absolutely is. But the question is, yeah, like if there is some sort of metamorphosis going on, what has she turned into, or what is she going to become? It's a very transparent bid. Um, however, I think unlike say uh, Jesse J, who she collaborated with on that terrible, terrible song "Bang Bang" mm-hmm. on uh, Jesse J's most recent album "Sweet Talker," which was out in 2013, or tw- I want to say maybe 2014, but like that was s- the most transparent. Uh, you know, like I want to be, I want to break America. I want to be the biggest, blah 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 blah. Like, like just the most. And like, we do live in the age of like, you know, music videos with product placement, which is, and having featured artists on there because you're all part of the same management group and/or label, and it's about making things happen. It's definitely someone's time to make Ariana, Ariana Grande's time happen. It's her turn. Mm-hmm. However, I think the album is so strong and likable. I think she's likable. Um, that is, she had me from the first track, which actually tonally is not indicative of the rest of the record. No, no, right. Really. Uh, it sounds like a real kind of like, like crooning lounge song from the fifties. And weirdly yeah. enough, like lyrically, it's about how she's infatuated with a guy, and then the rest of the record is about how she's not infatuated with a guy, and it's all about her. But then there's other songs where she is completely enthralled to this man or whatever, or whatever yeah. idea mm-hmm. of the perfect. Yeah, man and is. the things that she ma- he makes her feel, and the things that she yeah. makes her and she she would. Do so for it's him. very contradictory. But it's how I mean, she ends and yes, but that's because it's you know, a certain way. And yes, eleven songwriters yeah. on it, you know. So, yeah. but the, uh, another thing that was kind of um, I noticed about it was that the production was it's it's like it's very strong pr- mm. production wise I think um the songs you know, the lyrics aren't anything really and um the melodies they're all step melodies so the step melodies are the easiest things they're just you know, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. they're very easy to, ha- you know, very easily quickly to connect to. The harmonies are all tonics. They're all like the most obvious t- harmony and they're all very supportive. It's really obvious how much the, um, how much autotune is used. And like, especially on some of the rapping, I don't really get why you need to have that much autotune. <laughs> it's just that everything has been put into this to make it like it's, it's a machine. But no, but it's, it's, it's the most polished and commercial and box ticking, like, you know, you can almost yeah. see the percentages of each genre. You know, it's like, that, this needs to be 35% urban, you know, 20% soul. And you know, I think that was particularly mad, obvious on some of the features. Um, like, yeah. f- they have future in here, literally saying one word. And that word is every day. No, it's, uh, it's over and over and over again yeah. that he's saying the it. features to be don't fair, quite work. The features are the worst part of the album by You mind. know what? I've yeah. got to say, the one feature that Macy did Gray? work. Precisely. Really good song. They what are the odds? really well together, yeah. If you showed me a list and you said, like, Future, Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, and Macy Gray are going to be on this record, rank how good do you think the songs <laughs> yeah. are going to be in one to four. 
well, I'm not sure. I think it'd feature number one, and I'm not too two or three but Macy Gray would probably be at the bottom of the list it really works their it does, yeah. voices just clash the clash fit together whatever way you want to but put that's, it but that's I know, I know that track it. and I was like that sounds like is that is that Ariana, Ariana Grande or is it someone else but it was Macy Gray it makes sense because I didn't yeah. know if it was just her doing yeah, yeah, a kind yeah. of a, a you know a her deeper well not even just like you know because her personality as we've said sort of slightly changes between each song yeah. and what she's trying to put across or her intents or whatever and by Tensions. all accounts I mean you know her Twitter is supposed to be very entertaining she's actually quite an interesting kooky kind of person but mm-hmm. you don't hear any of that there's no real personality oh, no, showing through it all no I think the, don't, the only yeah. time that she's ever made real headlines for something outside of a few tunes or Disney series was that uh, when she started licking donuts there last and year and saying I hate America yeah. Like, yeah she sounds like a laugh <laughs> <laughs> good crack why not but people like that you know I mean I, I, um, she's obviously got a very good voice you know mm. and she's obviously very well I think the production has been chosen really well the songs have been chosen really well um, I don't know how much of that she's a part of yeah. it's very hard to know I mean I'd say she's very hands on yeah no I, I understand I, that she was and it's funny that you mentioned Moonlight Dave because as far as I know that was the working title of the album yeah and they put out a single it really didn't work and so she a total made rethink dis- by yeah, all accounts. Yeah. Just completely uh, redesigned the album. As, as she doesn't such. sound at any point very dangerous. No, no. no. she sounds Not just even she sounds like you know you you know she'd make you laugh and she'd make you smile a bit. Yeah. And maybe you get a little you get a little kind of uh, tired face from the smiling and nodding at her. <laughs> you know, because she seems very nice. That's probably as dangerous. You know, yeah, a little bit of a cheek strain. Risks, yeah. And Christ as well, like she doesn't half fucking say it, does she? Every song yeah. seems yeah, to have some There's like 19, I think there's 19 variations on the word dangerous. Well, it's, you know, it's try hard in the way that we talked about Zayn Malik's kind of solo debut album. Very much um, so. He was, it was his kind of, I'm, I'm a grown-up now, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this is my showcase record. And but this is dif- a showcase record too. The difference is, this has very good songs and very yeah. good melodies. And where Zayn just didn't have the tracks, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's I don't cynical, find myself. But it's yeah, uh, but the cynicism doesn't bother me. Like I say, that Jesse J record, I was fucking infuriated with that album. I, I <laughs> tore it to ribbons. I was like, this is pathetic. Whereas on this one, which is arguably doing the exact same job, just kind of had me. Maybe it's at that opening track. I was just like, well, that wasn't what I was expecting. But like, I love the production. I love the melodies. I love the harmonies. I know it is box ticking, and it is like you you're having like it's it's science and like like it is it is kind of like that. that's what i kind of feel like i feel like i can see you know i can see the strings nearly you know holding it together yeah. yeah but like i you know this is kind of it's not I, i'm i'm almost never going to listen to this album you know okay. and so it's kind of a weird it's weird i always think it's weird and that's one of the things about it's weird about reviewing stuff you know it's like you have to review stuff that you would never listen to and you have to try and put yourself in the opinion of someone that it's aimed towards and it's not aimed towards me yeah. at all you know it's, three stars, three stars. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I must say I think I will find myself if not quite the album then certainly going back to a few tracks on this uh, I did like it I think that yeah the message as such is a little bit mixed up yeah but uh, yeah the, 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 the actual tunes themselves had enough to uh to keep me pleased and there are the tunes like I said Moonlight's amazing Into You is incredible I love the title track I think Touch It is a fucking belter I thought Greedy is fantastic yeah there's so much here to yeah. enjoy like so and it doesn't really dip I mean it's still pretty strong it's to, got to one problem uh, like it's it's too long uh, like how often have we been talking about this this year like James Blake uh, Radiohead to a degree maybe to like be Drake to be fair oh, for, don't to be talk fair, about Drake I, I, I think album fatigue this one doesn't really get fatigue but there are 15 tracks here well, I think there. a few of those are actually official bonus tracks are they though yeah apparently so 
Oh, I, I think I saw somewhere that touch it is actually a bonus. If track, that's a bonus track, if that's a bonus track, I'm 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 appalled. Yeah. I don't even understand what bonus tracks are anymore because no, they're on every version. So what's the that's exactly? Well, no, they're yeah, not. I, I think the, the, that's the, the point is that when you when you when you make an album, you create this is product A, and then each in each yeah. So then each different version always contains pro, you know, version A, which is the, t- the ten tracks. So okay. when you release in Japan, it has two different tracks. When you release the deluxe version, it has this is the first CD, and then all these are the different yeah. versions. So every different version will change right, in the right. bonus tracks, but, but the original you, you, will always but be. But also, there used to be the time where you had to earn your deluxe version. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like you, random band, you don't get a deluxe version. David Bowie gets a fucking deluxe version. Okay, well, he's allowed to put it, yeah. his B-sides yeah, yeah, on yeah. there. <laughs> you have to earn that right now. Everyone has a deluxe version. I feel like there should be a band called Deluxe Version, a bit like that peep show joke where he wants to go on various artists so he can fuck with people's iPods. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it scores. And, uh, out, out of ten, though, so we're really putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, so now. it's out of you gotta ten. Switch up your, uh, here, so we're gonna have to switch it. Yeah. Six. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I kind of find it a bit uh, disingenuous to rate it because um, I know it sounds it sounds like a copy, but I'm I, I would just be. I think that the production is is really good. I think it's. I know I wouldn't listen to it now just for it is fantastic. So I, I would say probably an eight for that. I think the songs are probably around six, and I think the whatever is about four, whichever is out at six. Okay, we're done. So yeah, <laughs> we're going six. Uh, I will go step higher. I'll say seven. Yeah, I'd say uh, seven as well. I like think. I say, yeah, I don't think the album has the substance of some of the better pop out there. I also don't think that she necessarily has the character of, you know, the kind of Katy Perry, Beyonce, Taylor Swift people who share that rarefied air at the top of the business. But it's still a good album. I'll say seven. I'm going to say seven as well, but I feel like it's a stronger seven than your seven. Like, my seven would win in a fight. <laughs> right, okay. Um, it's a recommend for me. It's a definite recommend. I think that there's enough here to make me curious as to what she does next. Um, I think, you know, whoever she's working with or however hands-on she, she may be, it's led to a lot of great songs, and that's kind of all I really want from a pop record. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's... I think it knocked Drake off the top of the charts, which is a good, good. thing. Yes. Yeah. Fucking good. good. Thing. <laughs> so, so the Drake album is not, is not Terrible. good. Terrible. No, we've 80 minutes long so long and he just moans it's 20 (laughs) tracks it's like an hour and 20 plus minutes and it's just him whining and monotone joyless like it's awful (laughs) and so Ariana Grande uh, gets a better score six two sevens and uh, what Dave yeah seven and away goals uh, yeah (laughs) oh that's good 7.01 Um, uh, anything else music wise that we've listened to in recent times whether new or older uh, anyone want to recommend I've played Kieran Lavery's album a little bit in the past week or two uh, Northern Irish singer-songwriter I can hear you slipping into Northern Irish accent there and it's very good no I I don't think I was I'm going to be listening back to that tomorrow night just going did I did I Um, but no great record it's called Let Bad In and uh, yeah it's really good he brought out an EP two years ago which kind of signalled a little bit of a change in direction and he's probably just kind of found the middle ground I suppose in many ways it was the use of a palate cleanser as we were talking about earlier and uh, yeah well worth checking out Okay, uh, I Have a Tribe's new album um, uh, from what I've heard ah, yes. I've heard it through once and I've heard uh, a couple of individual, tra- individual tracks a couple of times and I, I think it's really cool Yeah, um, he is a talent for sure Yeah and um, there's a band called, from Derry called Ports who used to be yeah. called Little Bear and yep. I've liked them and I keep going back to uh, the Bleeding Heart Pigeons is, album most recently yeah. Is, is yeah which is which is great it's an amazing record really really good and um, I'm, I I haven't been uh, kind of uh, I just I just really like it I, really, I went to see them and I was uh, 
It's really into you know. I was just like, yes, I get, I get all of this. I want yeah. more of what this is, and I'll have all of it. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> intense and it's strong and it's it's brooding and it's so unlikely as well. I don't know if you've had a chance to meet the guys. No, but I, I just followed them on Twitter, and their first picture was um, two of them in Brighton with their heads through. Um, this one of those kind of like, uh, you know, uh, old, you know, big old women with their heads cut out and yeah. their heads through. And they were like, you know, big thumbs up, smiley faces. And I was like, oh, OK. This is, yeah, they're kind of three different. quiet lads from rural Limerick. Yeah, they're, they're, um, it's, it's, I, who make a sound yeah, so far from what you might imagine from that description. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's, there's it. somebody that um, I think could be absolutely fantastic. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's exciting. I love all that kind of thing. So they're the new strokes. That's what Kieran McGinnis just said. <laughs> <laughs> Three I did not say three that. And a half, three and a half out of five. I've just been going back to the Strokes, crawling back <laughs> to the first two albums. Nothing new, but it's just like after that EP, I had to go back. And Room on Fire, I guess, everyone knows this is it, but I think maybe unfairly maligned at the time as kind yeah. of just yeah, a bit I like agree. the first album, but only more so. But there's some incredible songs on it's that. very, very so fun. Yeah, it's the, the, there's a, um, the third album has a couple of really good songs. It does. I'm a big fan of, of that record. A couple of not as good songs, but there's some really good songs in the third album. And I, I definitely think people kind of ignore that whenever they talk. About it, mm-hmm. but there's some great stuff. Yeah, there. yeah. There's one kind of Irish drinking song. There is. It sounds like Shane McGowan. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, can I, can I, can I name drop? Is that cool? Oh yeah, man. Can we believe we just edit this if it's terrible? Because <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I really don't want to be like that. But um, we did meet him playing at a festival once, and um, asked him about um, the Irish drinking song that it's on, because it seems so unlikely, you know. And uh, he was saying that, you know, he just he always wanted to write a song like that, and it was totally supposed to be like Shane McGowan, <laughs> you know. Um, and he's very nice. Seems like a nice guy. He is. There we go. Well, um, I'm going to recommend. Can I point out, by the way, this is fantastic that we just managed to go through like an entire thing talking about the Strokes, never thinking to ask here, like, do you ever meet them? Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not those kind of people. Yeah, though. and you know what, Cullum? Like that ad, I'm not going to be the person that I'm expected to be anymore. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> what ad is that? What a is terrible, that? terrible ad that Martin Scorsese directed. And it's the guy who fucking played Hannibal in Hannibal Rising, and he's a model. And he comes into a press conference, and it's all blue, and it's for an I've aftershave. Never seen this. And he sits down, and he goes, he leans into the microphone, and he goes, "I'm not going to be the person that I'm expected to be anymore." Well, like and he walks footballer. out. <laughs> he look, it looks like a football player press conference. It's terrible, awful, awful. But the right. point is, I'm not going to be the person I'm expected to be anymore. Okay. And that means I'm not going to recommend an album. I'm going to recommend a new feature on Headstuff. Uh, it's called the playlist, very imaginatively titled, as you might imagine in which each week we have a playlist and somebody puts it together, curates the whole thing and writes a little bit about it. For the very, very first one, uh, it's Britney Spears. And Louise Britton wrote a thousand words on her favourite pop artist of all time, Miss Britney Spears, and put together a 22-track playlist, which is pretty fucking great. So get yourself down to Headstuff Music right now and listen to that. Craig is going to be doing one pretty soon. Uh, will we tell them who you're going to do? Or I'm st- I think I'm still deciding, to be honest. Okay, okay. Yeah, but we'll see. It could be It'll the be good, though. Kieran, you're welcome to contribute to said playlist idea if, if you would ever like to get involved. Cullum, maybe you as well, possibly. Yeah. But uh, keep an eye out. Try to find a gap in between my live event going. We shall. You, you need, I think you need to curb that. But uh, okay, before we uh, get to the end of the episode, uh, a huge thank you to Kieran for coming in. Thanks for having yeah. me. You've, you've, you've earned your goodbye. Oh, I get claps now. Um, it's so, very, very enjoyable, so sir. And we hope to welcome you back in less warmer climes sometime. <laughs> But uh, to play us out this week, as I say, we always play Irish music on the exit music of the podcast. And this one is a band called Not Monsters. The song is called On Tilt. They're a four-piece Dublin-based rock band. And they are very, very good. This has come out officially now. I kind of missed the launch, unfortunately, which apparently was excellent. Composed of members of Punchface Champions and CFIT, Not Monsters music embraces that duality, combining powerhouse riffing with melodic experimentalism. 
and all of which is on display in this song on Tilt. Uh, this has been the Encore. My name is Dave Hanrady. There will be no Encore in This Is Not Monsters with On Tilt. See ya.
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is Peacock. I love it! It's streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals. It's The Office. That's what she said. Chrisley knows best. It's going to be Todd's Way or the Highway. And Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Holy mackinole. So whether you're in the mood for every live WWE pay-per-view or every episode of Law & Order SVU, Peacock's got you covered. Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.